know, it's the Creator Spaces show. Do you consider yourself a creator? Oh, sure. I've been doing digital marketing for 25 years, and everything I do is all about creating content, creating a presence in the digital media space. So yes, I'm absolutely a creator. And I'm interested now, this is the question I've been getting into with some of our guests who have had time to really think through this. What is a creator exactly today? Because I feel like this is a term that's nebulous, it's rapidly changing, and I have no real definition for it, even though the show's called Creator Spaces. Gosh, it can be so many different things. For me, as a marketer in the social media arena, I just see that as people who are putting content out through the different social media platforms. So I really feel like everyone's a creator in some sense. But for me, it's putting out good, solid information that helps people. That's been my motivation with Twitter. When I first got on Twitter in 2008, it was, what can I put on here that will be interesting to people? What kind of things should I create? And so now you're getting ready or thinking about restarting your podcast. I think you're really known as one of the foremost experts in Twittering as a whole. And then you also host a Twitter Smarter chat, which I hear they're really hard to run. Do you create anything else? I've been doing podcasting since 2013, which for me, that's one of my favorite ways to create content is through audio. Now, I've been an audio fan for a very long time. So with Twitter Spaces now is, oh, wow, I can do even more with audio. I like to teach my courses live, actually. So now with awesome. Twitter Spaces, to be able to have these live conversations, a lot of people get nervous, especially being interviewed like this. For me, I feel like I do best when I can interact live with people people answer questions that people have in the audience and things like that but yeah always creating as just how I'm built love it People have always said that about me with social media back in the MySpace days. I know people laugh about MySpace, but I used to be in the music business and that was an amazing platform for musicians back then. A lot of people had their music careers either start or really boom because of MySpace. And I was on there day and night. And all I did was just get on there and talk to people. That's all I did. And it got to the point that everywhere I went, everybody knew who I was. I would travel to music conferences all over the U.S. And I kid you not, the second I would walk in the door, people go, oh, you're Madeline from Go Girls. We're MySpace friends. Because they would recognize me from my photo. And that's powerful. And that right there is a power of community where you show up, you provide value, you help people and have a profile picture where people can see what you look like. So when you do go to an in-person event, they immediately identify and go, oh, I know who you are. We've been chatting on Twitter for years. I recognize your picture. I'm not like trying to preach and say, oh, you have to do this or you should do this. It really depends. What are your goals? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? People feel comfortable when they can see a picture of you, especially when you're looking at the camera and you're smiling. It makes them feel at ease. They feel like they're getting to know you. I'm really big with branding your image, branding what it is you do. For me, I'm a personal brand. My brand is Madeline Sklar. Yeah. Back in the MySpace days, what I noticed right away, and you you have to realize that was like our all of us had our early start, if you were using MySpace, that was our early start into the social media world. Like, how does this work? And what I clearly remembered when I first started MySpace, I just put my music organization's logo up. 
And then I started realizing when you're private messaging someone, they're just looking at that little profile picture. And they're going to decide from that, do they feel comfortable with you? Are they going to open up? Are they going to talk to you? It's going to really dictate how your conversation can go. It's like the psychology behind it all. And I realized I should have my photo. I should have it so that people can see who I am and what I look like. And I noticed a shift once I started doing that. And then I realized, okay, moving forward with all social media, I think is really important. When is your personal brand When or just something where it's you? It's different when it's a company profile. I, I get it. But when it's you, you want people to feel comfortable and feel like they, they know you. And, and a photo can take you there. And just to put a little more spin on this on why it is the right decision, my first guest on the show is an expert in growing newsletters with Facebook ads and using a photo of the author for the Facebook ad and for the page instead of logo or other brand icon gives a noticeable difference in conversion rate on those ads. Absolutely. I would agree with that 100%. I like to talk about digital generations as being about five years long. Do you think that's accurate? I know you've been through at least one digital generation, if not multiple. How quickly do things change in digital? (laughs) Quickly. What I have found is that if you're going to stay fresh and relevant, you've got to be on top of things. You've got to stay ahead of the game. You've got to know what's new, what's coming, and let people know about it. And sometimes they turn out to be the next big thing, like Clubhouse and Spaces. Look, I got invited to Clubhouse back in early December when it was much smaller, not as many people. And I looked at that and I went, oh my gosh, this is going to be huge if they decide to open it up to more people. At the time, there wasn't that many people. But I thought, this is a powerful way to connect with people. And I was saying back in December constantly and since then that 2021 is going to be the year of audio apps. I saw how Clubhouse was going. Everybody's going to start doing this. And it wasn't that long after that we hear Spaces was being created by Twitter. And it's something they've, you know, I know a lot of people look at this and go, oh, there's copying. No, they're not. They've been working on this a long time. But it's running on Periscope. (laughs) It's Periscope without the video component. I think it's brilliant. That's why the audio is so good. But so many times people say, oh, no, not another platform, not another thing I got to learn. But I find that embracing it and pivoting accordingly works really well. So that you're where, and not to say you have to be where the shiny new object. Look, when TikTok started getting big, I was like, this isn't for me. I I don't really feel like my community's on there. I'll go on there and watch silly videos from time to time. But I don't really feel like what I do really fits. Maybe some informational stuff, but I have more than enough to do. So that one... So I'm not saying go jump on every new thing, but when things are coming, emerging, and they're new, don't be afraid to check it out and see, would this work for what I'm trying to do? Will my community be here? Could I start a community here? Can I jump in this when it's new and get seen as an industry leader? I'm always telling people when these are new, like when Clubhouse was new, now Spaces is new, if you want to stand out in your industry, go all in on one of these newer platforms that you like, that you feel comfortable with, and build a community, and it'll pay you back really well.
Yeah, I don't find Clubhouse enjoyable anymore. Since moving over to Spaces, they gave me uh, beta access pretty early. I got in on the second group in early February. And yeah, I reached out to them because they were looking for people. But they specifically did not want influencers and people with a lot of followers because their platform is set up that you can have unlimited listeners. And I think they were still building it and were concerned about having it crash too much. Yeah. But I approached it in the sense of, hey, I host this really popular Twitter channel chat every week. It's a Twitter chat about Twitter, very meta. And we've been having our after chat over in Clubhouse. I would prefer to just have it in spaces. It would make more sense to not leave Twitter and just have it here in spaces. So I'd love to be able to host the room. And they said, okay, that sounds great. We'll give you access when we do our next round. So I was able to start hosting. And it's so interesting. Once you start hosting here in spaces, it really starts giving you ideas of what else you could do with this, at least for me as a creator. I was like, gosh, what other rooms could I host? And I have some articles on my website about it where I give out some tips on ideas. You know, one of my ideas, since people know me as a Twitter marketing expert, I want to do periodically ask me any things and even do audits on people's Twitter accounts. People do that in Clubhouse all the time. Hey, we'll go look at your Instagram and give you our two cents. So with Spaces, I see it as, hey, this is our little weekly Twitter audit hour and let's look at your Twitter and share our two cents of what you can do to make it better and stronger and more appealing to people. So there's so many things you can do with it. And as we were talking earlier, I want to restart my podcast. What's so interesting is that when I was first in Clubhouse before Spaces was available, I never once thought while I was in there, huh, this would be a great way to restart my podcast. The audio is so (laughs) awesome. No, I never even thought. And here I've had this really popular podcast for years. It's also called Twitter Smarter. I'm all about branding my hashtag and use it for different things. And it's been on a hiatus the past year. And I've been wanting to restart it, but it's always the time issue. It's so time consuming. But being in spaces, the very first time I was in a room, I was blown away by the audio. I'm like, this audio is so good. I should look into using this to restart my podcast and just have my guests come here with me. As I mentioned earlier, I really thrive in a live environment. I love doing live. So maybe we could start doing them in spaces. I'll record it and restart the podcast. So that's what I'm working on right now. I've been figuring out all the gear, feel like I'm going in a good direction with that. Now it's just a matter of getting my guests together and picking a day and time and start doing it. There are so many things you can do on Twitter that you probably didn't know you could do. I could probably show you 10 things you didn't know. So what happens is people would rag on Twitter. It's a ghost town. I tweet. Nobody listens to me. I don't understand. I just don't get it. I'm like, okay, but did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? Did you know you could put metadata in a video tweet and have it called action link? It's like, what? Really? I can do that? I'm like, yeah, Media Studio. If you have Media Studio, there's this feature called Media Studio that no one seems to know about, hardly ever talked about. Because they bury it in ads. They bury it. Exactly where it is now, only because I ran some Twitter ads this year. Absolutely. If you have access to Media Studio, it becomes a goldmine. I use it all the time. And also what's great about this, here's another little tip with this. So if you have a video, again, it's all stored in here. So let's say you have a video you use for your lead magnets. You can just keep coming back in here and you reusing that video over and over. And what happens is every time you reuse it, it's going to add to the video count. 
So it's oh, a way like wow. so yeah. So when I do this, oh my gosh, that's a it's game just changer. Like, it is because it's okay, this video already has thousands and thousands of views and you're doing a new tweet and it's still gonna show all those thousands and yeah. thousands of views. The digital market is just gonna add it's like, man, yeah. run a thousand dollars to your most valuable tweet, get it up to ten, twelve thousand views, and then uh-huh. just keep using that. Absolutely. Because again, this is a repository that's storing all this. So you can keep uploading it every time, but you're always going to start at zero views for all your videos or just keep accessing the same one over and keep using that. You can tweet out something different every time. You can change the settings and put in different titles and descriptions if you want. I do that from time to time, but you're using that one same video over and over. What's the path for monetization for creators on Spaces and other audio platforms? Do you see it going in the direction of ideas and knowledge in exchange for money? Or do you see it more as a platform where people create content, but not one where they monetize it? First of all, it's an excellent question. And this gets brought up a lot lately because we know Clubhouse just started a monetization program over there. And Twitter plans to offer it in spaces as well, where there's going to be a way that you can put your PayPal and all your different cash app and things. It's hard to say right now if people are going to do that. Okay, so I host a room every week. Y'all are just going to give me a few dollars each time you show up and click on the little. Personally, I really don't see it that way. It could very well happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I know when Clubhouse was starting to grow, people started putting the links in their bio for the Cash App and PayPal and stuff to encourage people like, hey, if you like what you hear, send me some money. But what I really see it working out, if you're someone that provides really good value and you got a clear vision, you got to have a vision, you got to have goals. You got to know what you're doing. You can't just randomly go start hosting rooms or show up in rooms and not have a plan. It can work, but it'll be best if you have some kind of plan in place. Now, for me, as of this week, I know I'm hosting two rooms a week, and it's really just to showcase my knowledge, but really it's more about me passing the mic. I have the ability to host rooms, so why not help other people have a voice in those rooms? That's more important to me. But through it all, I still have the opportunity to share my two cents, and people see, oh, yeah, now I see why it says Twitter marketing expert in her bio. She really knows everything about Twitter. And the byproduct of that then becomes, I would like to learn more. I'm hearing all this stuff. She really gets it. Maybe it'd be worth it for me to sign up for a 30-minute consult or a one-hour consult, and she can shortcut all these things that I want to know how to do, and so it can be monetized that way. Also, I teach online courses, and I will say I am in the process right now of building a course on how to use Twitter spaces and how to make it work for you and your business. I definitely, when I'm ready to launch that real soon here, I will definitely be using spaces like a webinar where I'll come and host rooms. And I'm not going to sit there and say, buy my stuff. That turns everyone off. Nobody wants to hear that. Just the worst webinars are the ones where they're sitting here and going after the sale a little too much, a little too salesy. Just show up and provide value. And then, hey, by the way, I do have online courses available. If you want to sign up for my course, I do one-on-one coaching consulting. I do some group classes. Hit me up and I'll give you all the details. And so I really see it being more like that. People are just tired of being sold to. They just want value. And then that byproduct becomes monetized off of that. What's your North Star metric for success? How do you know you're on the right path? 
you know, for me, it's all about engagement. It's just the connections. It's great to have the analytics and look at the numbers. And look, data will tell you everything for sure. But I really look above all that and really pay closer attention to these connections I make. I'm meeting the people I'm talking to. It's invaluable. Just like earlier when I've talked about Hosseline Maine, he's a phenomenal person I'm getting to know just through spaces. And prior to spaces, I didn't know him at all, know anything about him. And this guy brings so much value. He's so caring, so giving. And it's, wow, I made this amazing contact through him that is helping me in so many ways. And I can't put any value on that other than it's just just, I come here, I show up, I talk to people, I connect with people, and the result are these amazing connections. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be? And you get to choose where the beginning is for you. Wow. Is it when you joined Twitter? Is it when you started digital marketing? It's up to you. Yeah, I joined Twitter back in March 2008. It was all the rage at that point because of South by Southwest Interactive that year and everybody was talking about it. And it was like, what's this? Let me go check it out. And we didn't know what to do with it back then. Everybody was like, okay, 140 characters. Here's what I had for lunch. That was like the big joke. Post what you had for lunch because we didn't know what to do with it. So it took a while before we started figuring out how valuable this tool really was. But I would probably send a tweet to myself when I first started saying, just add value and just have fun. That simple. 